Welcome to the Mission Guys podcast, where we talk about anything related to leading transformation in the church. I'm Nick Jorgensen. And I'm Rick Pop. We're missionaries at Acts 29. And as always, it's our hope that we can help you as church leaders, as leadership teams, as leaders of families, and leadership practitioners to more effectively mobilize the church to achieve her mission. Today's topic is a continuation of a little series that we began a few episodes back on why leadership tools, why management tools don't work in the church. And so the punchline on episode 17 is that these tools absolutely can work in the church, but they've got to be used in the church from a biblical perspective. In episode 18, we dove into one of our favorite tools, Pat Lencioni's Five Dysfunctions of a Team, and we dug deeper into those five dysfunctions from also a biblical perspective, the biblical roots of those five characteristics of a highly effective team that could even turn your team into a family on mission. Episode 19, we dug into another fantastic tool from Dr. Daniel Goleman back in the 80s, emotional intelligence, but again, went deeper and looked at emotional intelligence from a biblical worldview. And today we're going to talk about leadership intentionality which isn't necessarily a tool, but it's a concept. And it's a leadership concept that some of our leaders might look at and say, oh, those are management practices, management theories. This is a church and we're different. And yes, churches are different. Churches have different needs. But we're excited about talking about leadership intentionality, but we'll get into more detail in a second. And so let me kick us off in prayer, and then we'll get into deep dive. How's that sound, Nick? Yeah, Rick, please do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we again thank you for your church. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for establishing your church, your body on this earth. We thank you for appointing the leaders of the church and passing down that church leadership. We thank you for the leaders in the church that are listening right now, both clergy and lay leaders, leaders of ministries, leaders of families, We thank you for their yes, for accepting the challenge of leading in the church. We need them so much. We thank you for their humility, their humility, their docility to continue to grow as leaders, to learn. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you're with us again today. You're with us. You're with our listeners. We ask that that you give us the words to share that you want us to share so that our church leaders can continue to grow and to lead your sheep and feed your sheep. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So one of the things um, we wanted to say right now to everyone who listens to this, this is one of those tough topics in the sense that it's very, (laughs) we're talking about intentional leadership, and it's something that we both struggle with, intentionality in our lives. You know, I know know you're probably better at it than I am, Rick, but there's just times where, where a pocket of your life that's like, gosh, I just need to get even better here. And I'm not quite hitting the mark. And just flat, a flat example is uh, the rhythm of working out. That's very important for me in, in a lot of ways. I know it is for a lot of people, but I'm out of rhythm. And I'm not being intentional about getting back on the wagon. So I just want to acknowledge this is uh, we're preaching first to ourselves as we share some insight with you. <laughs> so one of the reasons um, we felt led in prayer to tackle this topic is because we do a lot of work with leadership teams. We've been doing uh, work with leadership teams for years, uh, you more than me, Rick, and um, we've been a part of leadership teams. And we'll leave great offsites 
uh, and teams will make great progress. You know, there'll be a lot of energy in the room, a lot of excitement, a lot of great decisions being made, new concepts being explored, uh, just just a, a tons of good work being done. And then a few weeks go by, or maybe even you get to the next offsite, and all of a sudden there's like a little bit of a confession coming out. Hey, how's it going since last time? Or where are we? Where we left since we left off? And oh uh, yeah, haven't haven't really put it all together yet. Or we didn't execute on those things we said we were going to do. And uh, you know, it's this. I didn't get to that. We didn't schedule this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This happens. And so we asked ourselves, Rick and I were asking ourselves, why is this so common with leaders? You know, why do we personally struggle with it? And so this episode, we just want to really challenge you to think about it. Why are you struggling? Where are you struggling? How do we get better? So we just really want to explain this whole topic about being intentional from a, from the three essential principles. And and. We know it's a huge topic. It's it's a more of a, a principle level. Mm-hmm. It's 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 at a theoretical level often, and we hope to bring it down to down to earth. And we hope to have some very practical tips that, as we've been working with teams and and see when it does work well, and and what we mean by some things to be more intentional and how that could work. So so that's our intention today. We'll dig down a little bit deeper into being intentional as a leader to perhaps in, avoid some of that loss of momentum. And to be sure that you can you can just use all the time and use all the resources uh, more aligned to the to the uh, to the mission. So let's use a health analogy, and this is one I, I'm sure we can all relate to, especially around New Year's. New Year's comes around, we make that commitment. This is the year I'm going to get in better shape. I'm going to drop that ten pounds, <laughs> right? The ten pounds that we're always going after. And so the so the example there is that those who are intentional. They'll actually then not just buy the membership, but, you know, because a lot of us will buy the membership, renew the membership, you know, realize that your key doesn't work or the code, your, your idea expired to go into the gym. But the intentionality then is get it on the calendar, actually put it on the calendar and, and to be realistic about it. So it's not I'm going to go every day. Mm-hmm. The intentionality is saying being realistic, I can maybe get it three days in that week. And I'm building out the calendar. Maybe I build it out for that month. And that month might be different than the prior month. And so the intentionality is saying, I'm putting it in my calendar. The intentionality could be, is like, now I'm going to get my duffel bag ready to go the night before. And it's sitting right there. And so I don't have to go search for things in the morning. I set my alarm right now. Intentionally, I'm setting my alarm for the week. And every day that alarm is going to go off. I mean, the technology on alarms now. Are tremendous too, right? It can it can really set you up to, to succeed, sleep patterns and all that. So that's an example. In the workplace, as, as Nick was mentioning, you get this two or three day offsite. And what happens often when we do offsites is during those two or three days, there, there are a bunch of things that are discussed and there's even a lot of things that are agreed to. So you just build this, yes, okay, that's good. We made some progress, that's good. And if you don't at the end of it now, revisit everything you agree during the two or three days in a package and then ensure that are you really going to do that? Because often we lose that whole capacity or the containability aspect of all those things. So the intentionality of saying, okay, whether it's after a meeting, whether it's after a two or three day offsite, whether it's after a period of time when you've just agreed to do a bunch of things, it's like, all right, now let's look back at this. And be intentional about, is this containable? Mm. If it's not containable, you're not being intentional about getting it done. It's it's just saying, well, I hope we can get it done. 
So intentional leadership is especially important in the church because if you're doing it right, you're, you're discerning and executing God's plan for you, your loved ones, the people entrusted to your care, or the organization or group you lead. Intentionality is, the, is, is, is only under like a, a, a microscopic lens, you know, a tighter lens in the church because the stakes are even higher. We're talking about the salvation of souls, eternal realities. Yeah, pretty um, important stuff. Yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah. yeah. Not, a little more important than making yeah, shoes. You're not making toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> Although that's pretty important. It's important. Okay, don't get me wrong. I'm with you. Yes, amen. So, so we want to list a few things that uh, perhaps you could think about keeping in mind to be an intentional leader. And so the first thing is it starts with you. We could repeat this over and over. It truly starts with you. You know, you can think about the scripture. Uh, I, I can't quote it right now, but it's something like, you who are faithful with small matters will be entrusted with big matters, right? You're gonna, when you're faithful with the small things of life, your influence grows. And it's not, I'm not talking about some kind of manipulative influence. I'm talking about like God-given influence. The more, the more faithful you are with what you've been given, the more you will be given and entrusted. And so being intentional starts with you and what the Lord's doing in your life, what you're called to do. You know, healthy mind, healthy body, healthy spiritual life. It's healthy that, relationships. That constant awareness, right? Yes. It's that constant awareness. Lord, what are you doing in my life? Yeah. yeah. Being disciplined on it. It's so important. Another one is to rely on prayer. I'm not talking about um, rote, just rote prayer or your prayer routine in the morning, but praying all the time, asking God, asking the Holy Spirit, listening to him frequently throughout your day, through decision making, through moments with uh, interactions with people. And discerning always is what, especially from a leadership perspective, is what I'm deciding or thinking of doing or being asked to do part of God's plan. And when's the timing? Is it God has timing involved too? Is this the right time to do that? Is, it, is, 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 is my calendar reflective of the priorities? And if it is, something being asked to fit in there and it can't, it's probably just a logical sign. God's not saying to do this yet. Yeah. You yeah. know? So often we have that frustration of, man, I... I got to get this done. I got to get this done. And you might have to get that done. But, but sometimes it's an arbitrary timeline mm -hmm. or, or it's somebody wanted me to do it. And, and it's like, is it really the Lord's plan to, to press into this? So I agree with you. And then, and then let's take it to another, another uh, level of this is um, as intentional leaders, it's this, this ongoing inventory of the situation. You know, it's again, it's relying on prayer, but it's the inventory of the situation. So if it is, especially when things are in tough shape, you're having obstacles, there's problems, things aren't going right. It's asking for that continued clarity. Because if it's really hard, you remember that my burden is light, you know, uh, if you yoke yourself to the Lord, you know, it, it actually becomes easy. So it's that things aren't right. I get an inventory. What's going on? So it's asking for that clarity. And then maybe lastly for now in this, this intentional leaders is people involved in what you're doing or, or delegating. You know, what other people could help with the plan, the mission? What other people has the Lord put in your life? And as you said, it's relying on prayer. It's recognizing the people who are around. You find yourself sometimes it's, even though it starts with me, that doesn't mean I have to do it all. Yeah, it makes me think of the leaders we work with, Rick. We're always talking about this tension between like strategy, priority, and mission, and then the firefighting we have to do, right? Yeah. The emergencies that happen, but that's a part of it. Yeah. You know, God, God wants you to have enough margin to do the both do these strategic missional moves, 
and the firefighting. That's just a part of it all. And so the people delegation and the inventory and the situation, it's really important to, to keep in mind the firefighting isn't always a distraction from the mission. Yeah. It's like this is a part of the work. Yeah, and being intentional, especially as a leader, is doesn't mean you're doing all of the work. You know, you should be, you know, there's a champion role sometimes mm-hmm. where it's you're you're at that highest level part of this project. You're making sure the right people are working on it. But it's like it, it's not a time crunch always, or it's not like, oh man, I've got to do that too. I've got to do that too. You know, you're you're a leader in the role. You're praying, you're discerning. Let's use a biblical example. One of one of the you know, one of the, the characters in the Bible that is given credit as being one of the best leaders, and as we talk about often, they're in the Bible and there's stories in the Bible for a reason. And so Nehemiah in the Old Testament, Nehemiah, uh, if you if you if you pay attention to the story of Nehemiah, it starts with him praying and fasting. He, he, was in, he was a captive, I think by the Persian. So he's a captive, yeah. but then he gets released uh, to go back to Jerusalem. And so it started with him, just like you said, these four things started with him. And, and he was intentional about, Lord, what, what is my calling? What am I supposed to be doing here? And in relying on prayer, he discerns that I need to rebuild this wall. The wall's been, the wall's been crushed and destroyed. The rebuilding of the wall is essentially rebuilding the city, which is rebuilding the people. You know, it's like, it's, there's, there's meaning beyond simply building a wall. And, and so what does he do, right? He started with him, prayer, fasting. I get my clarity from the Lord. I'm relying on prayer. Then I inventory the situation. How bad is this wall destroyed? Oh, okay, I see. Oh, man. And by the way, while he's looking at this wall, the enemy is still trying to kind of, is trying to kill him and the rest of the, the Israelites, right? I mean, it's like. It's a little stress. Yeah, there's some stress going on. So he inventory the situation and says, well, I can wait until the enemy's no longer there before I build the wall. But it's like, I can't do that. The enemy will crush us. We need the wall. So what does he do? He gets the right people. And this is brilliant. He says, who am I going to get involved in building this wall? Well, he gets the people involved in the sections of the wall where they lived. So it's like they've got a vested interest of building a wall that protects them in where they live. They're portion of the, they're portion of the city. I mean, is that brilliant? Yeah. So I'm not going to build my wall weak. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. If I just had a job, yeah. you know, this is like, do you just have a job in the church? Like, I, I, okay, I'll just get my job done. Okay, you know, shortchange it, put the weaker mud. But yeah, it's protecting my family. And then when they're building the wall, imagine this, the vision of they've got a weapon in one hand and working tools in the other hand. Right. And he knows they're, they're committed to it. And as a leader, he's like, I got these people who have a vested interest. They're building it for their own family, for their people. And so I just I love that story. And I think it's it's like, all right, what did he do again? He'd started with him, prayer, fasting, relying on prayer. What's my mission? Inventory the situation, asking for clarity, get the right people involved and delegate and be, be courageous. That's incredible. The level of intentionality in Nehemiah all the layers we're talking about and more and they're able to successfully build the wall to to defend their people defend themselves while keeping the enemy just enough at bay to get it all done yeah. i mean so you, you think, what what leadership situation are you in where it's kind of feels like that a bit yeah. you know, i feel like my wall my defenses are down a little bit being attacked we're being attacked there's just a lot going on and, and, and again, starts with you, that fasting, that prayer, that listening to God, that intentionality. You can't, you can't afford to get distracted when you're in that kind of situation. Yeah. 
Oh, you're going to lose. I love the image, too. You know, it's like, but if we if we rely totally on fighting the attack, we don't build a wall. Yeah. If we, if we rely only on building the wall, we're going to get attacked. <laughs> right? So you got to do both. How do you figure it out? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what? That's actually the, the, the image of like the firefighting that we're yes. going to deal with. They're always like, yes. oh, the firefight, the firefight. Yeah, well, firefight is the yeah. enemy coming at you yes. in some fashion, you know? Yes. And then the, the build the wall is like, this is what we're supposed to do strategically. To, to further the mission, you know? To, yeah. to, so there's, that's, a, that's a great biblical example on so many levels. And we do that exercise with our, with our leadership teams on what's the devil's strategy. Yeah. It is attacking. It mm. is keeping you away from that work that needs to build. Yeah. And we love, the devil wants is just a firefight, just to fight the enemy rather than build the wall at the same time. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it was even better than we intended. Yes, Lord. yes. <laughs> okay. Amen. Amen. So, so why don't we do this? If it's true... We all know what's true in the makes back of sense. our heads somewhere. Yeah. It makes sense. We Most of us even understand kind of the things that hold us back or the things we're avoiding or not doing. Why don't we do it? Why don't we make these changes as soon as we can? Um, let's just walk through a few things, at least. Some some reasons why we don't. So one of these first, one of the first ones is calendar management without any discernment. I mean, how, how many of us as leaders, we just kind of accept meetings or we, we teach our assistants, our, our teammates to just accept meetings on our behalf? without any strategic discernment, any intentional blocking of times. Like, you know, right here, it looks like it's open, but that's my time to think and pray or, 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 or get strategic. And it just gets filled up. Or that's my time to pray or work mm-hmm. out as a priest. Mm-hmm. It just gets filled up with meetings. Mm-hmm. And so the things that we know are important, we just block with meetings. And so many of us have double booked calendars. We accept any slot that's open. And the no margin thing just really eliminates immediately any chance we would have. To be intentional on the calendar. It, it's, it really is an indicator. If you look at a calendar, if you have multiple double bookings, it's it's hard to say that that's intention, intentional leadership. <laughs> you know, and it might there might be a good reason for it. We don't want to condemn anybody, but, but we tend to see that we fall into the Catholic nice mm-hmm. and say, well, I can't say no to the person I want to meet with me. Yeah, there's certain times you do need to meet with, with somebody, but you've got to ensure that that is on mission. And you do have to have some margin. And we talked about that margin on space for creativity, for new ideas. So, yeah, you might accept a meeting. that I'm not really sure what it is, but it sounds like there could be some new idea there. Yes. But if you get to that point where you, you have zero margin, no space, double bookings, you can't be intentional when you're doing that. Yeah, if you feel like you're a slave to your calendar, something's wrong because you're in full control of your calendar or virtually full control of your calendar. Another, another one that we talked about uh, was conflict in meetings. Um, when the conflict in meetings is poor or people are really tired or not really interested or not bought into whatever it is, you can get really passive agreement or even passive disagreement. And so you come to the end of a meeting and uh, people leave and don't really do what they said they were going to do or they don't they're not really clear on who was doing what. And so and conflict in meetings and having great meetings and ending those meetings with clear assignments and following up on those assignments is a huge way you avoid um, non-intentional leadership, you know? Yeah, conflict in meetings. If conflict in meetings is not good, mm-hmm. you walk out with things to do, which is fine, and it's not intentional. And that, that's the point of this, this episode is that to-do list, every one of those should have the agreement of that leadership team of, yeah, this is aligned with strategy. We agree that in light of all the other things we have going on, these things are going to get done. But poor conflict is like, Go ahead and do it if you want to do it. I don't know. We're busy. Right. You could have a, you could have 100 great ideas, but only have the capacity to de- deploy two of them. Yeah. And so 
everyone can agree, but unless you can actually both execute on it and be disciplined about it, and it fits the strategy, so it's containable, like you said earlier, um, it just it's just not going to happen. So we could keep going here. You can list a hundred reasons, but I'm sure all of us listening are already nodding our heads saying, yep, I get it. I struggle with this. Let's keep going. All right, so let's flip the coin. Let's say, all right, we're a leadership team, Rick, Nick. We're asking now, how can we be more intentional? All right, so let, let's have a couple ideas here. First, recognize as a leadership team or as a leader, as an individual, you make decisions. That's what you're supposed to be doing. If you're not making decisions, you're not doing your job. And people suffer. Suffer. They don't suffer. <laughs> they the, do suffer. But no, okay, no, no, no. <laughs> All right. So people suffer if you're not making decisions. All right. So that's number one. You got to recognize that that is your primary role as a leader is to make decisions and give direction, give vision. Speaking of vision, it's also your responsibility to paint a vision of success. And you have to be able to describe what does success look like. You have to give a picture for the entire organization, whatever that organization is, if it's a parish, it's a diocese, if it's a, a, a ministry, it's, you're always, uh, you have the picture of success. We just did a great exercise with a team this week and we took it to prayer and they came back, Lord, help us see what success would look like in five years from now, in 10 years from now. So you do the exercise and say, that's what we're going toward. And then you're always aware of that. You're continually aware of that. You can, you can point to that and say, all right, if we're going to be doing these kinds of things, these strategies, these plans, is that going to get us closer to that? Okay, that's being intentional. That's what we're talking about. Also, this is more of a conceptually, again, is consistency in behaviors. You're intentional. You look at your behaviors as a leader, your behaviors as a leadership team, intentionally remaining in Christ, intentionally checking yourself on, am I demonstrating the fruits of the Holy Spirit? The more consistent you can be, the more intentional the others around you can be, and the more credibility you have in how you're behaving. Now, if you fall off the wagon and you make a mistake, that's that's forgiveness, right? We're not perfect. And with this one, it made me think, Rick, as you were speaking, it's as a leader, especially in the church, you already know there's some things that you have to do to be a great leader. And so it's, just, it's like a self-check. Am I praying? Now, we talk to a lot of leaders who prayer becomes a real struggle point. I'm not talking about the, the everyone's battle to pray. I'm talking about I've kind of just given in, and I'm just so busy I don't even pray anymore. Or prayer is extremely rote. Like that's a basic one that consistency in prayer is fundamental to having any chance to be a leader worth anything in the church. Yeah. So these are the, like, think about those. What else, what else is in your, what else is in your life that you just already know? It's like a given. I don't even have to hardly think about it. Eating well, sleeping well, you know, yeah. blocking that time. Yeah. That that's, that's the consistency in behaviors that are going to allow you to have that kind of that foundation upon which the house can be built. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and prayer takes many forms. We know that. For sure. But if you're not taking the time for also in all of your prayer, sometimes adoration, you can be in adoration and you're simply spending time with the Lord. You're listening. You're glorifying him. That's healthy prayer. There's also, there's got to be time with intentional prayer. Lord, I'm praying into a situation. Help me understand that situation. You know, Lord, 
I, I, I've got challenge with my family. I've got a challenge with our leadership. I've got a challenge with one of the parishes, whatever it is, be intentional about your prayer as well. Mm. Um, all right, now, let, let's keep going. How do we, how can we be even more intentional with our leadership? The calendar you had mentioned on the positive side on the calendar is look at that calendar. You, you need, you need time to reflect on your calendar. That calendar needs to, it needs to exude the mission. That calendar should show both what we do and how we do it. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned there's got to be prayer on that calendar. There's got to be time for your strategic anchors, your priorities. Uh, so you're looking at that calendar. Every meeting makes sense because it's driving the mission. So that calendar, and then the next one is the to-do list. Your to-do list, an inventory of all the projects, inventory of what you're doing, they have to be both driving the mission and they have to be containable. Otherwise, it's a wish list. And then and then if it's not going well, recognize if it's not going well, you might need some help. And be intentional about getting out of the mire, getting out of the muck. You might need some help. Lastly, I'm being intentional, and, and it was really, we, we happen to be uh, recording this one in the Acts 29 offices. We record all over the place, but we love it when we're here. We just had a leadership team spend a couple days with us here, and, and the environment is so important. They came in, and they recognized, because if you come into our offices here at Acts 29, it tells the story, and it exudes our culture. And, and that's what we recommend for everybody. And it's hard to explain. It's like, it's like reading the words of a good song and then hearing the song. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could bring it to tears, some songs. Mm-hmm. Or it's like reading a book. Sometimes the book is more moving than the movie and vice versa. It's like because there's a feeling. Art. You can look at some art. And, and for some, it's like, okay, I, I see what it was. That's pretty impressive. Others move you to, to emotion. And they move you to some, and that's what the environment should do. So is your physical space, your physical environment exuding your mission? Do people feel it? When they came in here, they said, you know what? I mean, it's the mission. It's all over the walls. But it's also, we felt at home, they told us. They said, we felt at home. We felt like we belonged there. Do people feel like they belong in your parish or in your diocese or in your ministry? Beauty, hospitality, artwork. You know the, the furniture. Uh, we, we, you know, at the X offices, it's we have all team spaces. You know, there's no individual private offices. There's just team space everywhere, because it reflects so much of the X culture. It's a team-oriented culture. It's all about collaboration, and so all those all those details play into what you, what it is you you're, you've been called to do, the way you've been called to be and exist. I have a quick secular story. When I was I was at the Ford Motor Company, and <laughs> so know, it, was, it, it was such a great story. And I give you know <laughs> the president of the North America, Kumar Galotra, at the time, fantastic leader. So he just gets the new assignment, and I just picture a culture. And I've used this story in the past. Picture a culture where I was just so proud of being, you know, you know, rising in the organization. I'm kind of at the, the peak of my career, and I've got this big office and and I've, there's an office out front that is where my administrative assistant sat and then there was you know another door blocking that one and so the whole floor we're on has a whole bunch of space with very few people and I remember Kumar comes in and he says hey we really need to to be more of a collaborative team and the short stories he said so I want to get rid of all offices 
And I was like, wow, you know, it's just <laughs> good for you. I was all over it, but I was like, you're really going to pull this baby off. And so I, it was such a beautiful story. Now, it was hard to do, but just picture it. It's like what we have here at Acts 29L. There's nobody has an office. Yeah. You've got working spaces. You've got rooms. And so the 11th floor world headquarters then at Ford Motor Company turned changed from a bunch of ex, well very few executive offices because they took a lot of space so let's say there was like 11 executives on the floor and it turned into maybe 28 or a bunch of team collaboration collaboration rooms focused on the product focused on the process and so the environment exuded what he wanted to get out of the culture you can't say oh man, we're all together. We're all on one team. And yet we have all the physical barriers yeah. that prevent those natural collisions and that, hey, how are you doing today? I mean, you could go a whole week and not run into anybody <laughs> until, unless you went into, went into the lunchroom, yeah. you know? But we're a team-based culture, right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. it was beautiful. <laughs> you know, it's just one step. There's a lot that goes with it, but... Uh, but it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's important to acknowledge, you know, and, and sometimes we think, oh, we can't do that, but Walls can be torn down. Literally, physical walls can be torn can down. Torn Whiteboards down. can be put up. You know, desks can be purchased for everybody. I mean, you can you can do it, and it's worth the investment. It is worth the investment. And so, we're, and we're calling that intentional leadership. That's an element of it. That's that's a very practical, real thing. Do your walls help your mission or hurt your mission? And if they're hurting your mission, tear them down. <laughs> nice. I like that. Uh, by the way, apply that mindset to your calendar, all right? Amen. There you <laughs> the go. calendar is where, where everything kind of meets. Okay. So we're challenging you as leaders here to be more intentional about your leadership. And we want to give you uh, you know, a strong scripture passage to think about. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to want. I'm going to read it again. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to want. So let's talk about haste for a second. Hasty versus a great plan. Hasty sounds like, you know, hey, we as a leadership team, we need to get to know each other more. Yeah, 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 coach. <laughs> you know, great idea. And then no one, no one does anything. You know, hey, you know, let's get, let's get, let's get some lunches. You know, through the whole summer, let's do lunch together. Okay, great. Doesn't land on the calendar because no one took accountability. No one was disciplined to do it. There wasn't space or time to actually do that. That's a hasty plan. It doesn't reap anything, and it leaves you wanting because now we said we should do this, and we're not doing it. Now there's more chance for cynicism, less trust than ever. Or, hey, we, we agree. You know, let's do a quarterly scoreboard review. We're going to do quarterly offsite meetings. And, and, and we're going to really be intentional about results. And everyone agrees to it. Yeah, that's a great idea. You know, we got to really measure measure success and fruitfulness and mission, you know. And all of a sudden, the next quarterly offsite comes, if we scheduled it. And we didn't ever talk about what would success look like, what would be the indicators. And uh, we end up in that offsite and say, okay, next time, next time. And sure enough, a year or two goes by, and we're never really asking ourselves, what are the indicators of success? How do we know if it's going really well? And it can be left to ambiguity and we don't achieve the fruit that God intended on mission. And that's a big deal. That's a big deal to think about. If God's asking us to do something and we really believe it, then we need to be disciplined enough to execute on the plans he gave us. So let's dig into the word discipline before we get into the, um, the mission challenge. Intentional leadership, in essence, is about d discipline. It's about being diligent. And, and in doing so, we then live in abundance. 
two great definitions of discipline that we've uncovered as we prep for this. One says, discipline is just choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Isn't that great? Discipline is just choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Second, the second definition, which I, I also love, it says, discipline is doing what you know you should do, when you should do it, whether you like it or not. So it's doing what you know you should do, when you should do it, whether you like it or not. And the biblical view of these goes into this. Remember, it's God's plan on God's timing, despite the flesh. God's plan on God's timing, despite the flesh. Those are hard to hear right now. <laughs> yeah, so, no kidding. To, to, right before our mission challenge, uh, we were inspired as we were preparing for this to, to go to go honestly grab this grab this uh, picture off the wall that's got a great quote from our favorite patron Saint Joan of Arc. And there it is, physically, it's on the wall and it fits the culture. It's what yes. we're trying to drive here, and it's a good relic. It's a good reminder, part of our physical space. Amen. Great, great insight. And shout out to Mary Gail Foyle for putting this on the wall. All right. Listen to this and then rewind it and listen to it again. Here's Joan of Arc. Every man gives his life for what he believes. Every woman gives her life for what she believes. Sometimes people believe in little or nothing. And so they give their lives to little or nothing. One life is all we have, and we live it as we believe in living it. But to sacrifice what you are and to live without belief, that is a fate more terrible than dying. Okay, so with that motivation, we are going to <laughs> dig into the mission challenge, okay? And there's, there's four, four elements to our mission challenge. Number one, be intentional about being intentional. In other words, make a plan to plan. Put space on your calendar, put space on your to-do list to ensure that both of those reflect your primary mission clearly. Now, this works for both you as an individual and for, for, you, for you as a, as a team or as a family on mission. Number one is be intentional about being intentional. Plan to plan. Put space in your calendar to be intentional. And number two is part of that plan, part of that plan to plan is to assess the situation like Nehemiah did. Take a look at every aspect of your operation, whether that's your parish, your diocese, your school, your family, your ministry, or yourself. You know, take a look at, take a look at all the activities that are going on. Take a look at your health, your individual personal health, the health of the operation, and how aligned are all those activities? How are they aligned really with the mission? And number three, now, based on that assessment, modify your to-do list, modify your calendar, modify the environment to even more reflect the mission, okay? Modify to even more reflect. We're not saying it's going to tear it all up necessarily. You might have to, but it's to even reflect more. And lastly, make this process a habit on a regular basis. Could it be monthly? Could it be quarterly? But make it a habit on a regular basis. It could be weekly. You could have a weekly process where you do this. You're intentional about being intentional, intentional about being intentional. Assess your situation, 
modify your to-do list, your calendar, the environment, and continue to make this a a process, a habit on a regular basis. I can just feel a leader right now, like taking the time to do this and just melting, melting a whole chunk of stress and frustration off your life. A whole chunk of uh, feeling powerless and a slave to just life circumstances. So yeah, that mission challenge is a, is a powerful one. I'm going to do it myself, Rick. So let's, let's, let's pray that uh, the Lord would activate this in our lives and uh, renew our minds to, to give us the confidence to say, I, 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 I deserve to be able to do this, this mission challenge. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now in Jesus' name to just go and flood every listener to this episode with the grace, the confidence, the courage to create the space to plan, to plan, to plan, so they can live with tremendous intentionality for themselves, for you, Jesus, and for the mission that they uniquely have. Come, Holy Spirit. Let's pray for anyone who feels uh, in a particular way stuck, just really stuck. This feels impossible. Life circumstances feel impossible. Right now, Jesus, I ask you to break off in your name, Jesus, all the spirits, all the lies, all the temptations and tactics of the enemy, that they would be free from them to find the margin, to find the time so that they can live in your freedom as you desire them to and not as the world desires them to or not as Satan is desiring them to. I pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's it for episode 20. Go be intentional.